five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. great spooky Ruben with Wendy McDonald. I still don't know how he didn't get sued by McDonald's for that video. Um, you would think that McDonald's would just like want to banish that video. And um, I think spooky Ruben had two records. He's Canadian. Um, the first record is really, really good. There's not a weak song on, on the album. Really good. Even the second record is good, although it's much harder to find. And um, he's one of these guys that's like, like a strange little creative genius. And I remember I did an interview with him one time way back in the day. He was really paranoid. He was like totally paranoid. And a lot of his paranoia was about the record company that he was putting music out for and the tapes. And I, I don't think it was unwarranted i don't think it was unwarranted at all um we got wayne here who's waiting to come on in so why don't we bring him in let's bring wayne in and uh we'll kick the show off with wayne we'll meet with wayne for about a half an hour and kind of get an update from him and what he's doing so let me get my uh, headphones on and then we'll kind of reverse engineer the show. And I'll uh, jump into chat and check in with you guys. And then we'll get into, you know, the subject matter of the day. Second. This happens with these headphones. Apologize if it sounds a little thumpy thumpy with the mic. All right, my headphones on. Okay, let's bring on the man. And um, let's reacquaint ourselves with Wayne Cunnington, who has. I think this is his third time um, being on the show. He was on the Friday Farcast. Um, and he had a really cool session with our friend Mark with some character drawing. And I think he was also, might have been on the Friday Farcast two times. There he is. How you doing, Wayne? I can't hear you. You got to unmute yourself, brother. Yeah, not too bad, Robert. You? Hey, I'm good, man. You're looking pretty good, actually. 
Yeah, I, I, I colour very easily, so it kind of holds hides a multitude of things, but a lot of people don't realise what kind of goes on internally. Yeah. So let's let's reacquaint people with your situation. Um, you were trusting the medical system and the government um, and uh, doing your best to be a, a good citizen at the same time. That's and right. and you and you took and also I there, I believe that there are also some <clears throat> employment conditions that were probably also involved as well, and um, you took uh, a uh, an injection of AstraZeneca That's mRNA right. right okay, and then you began to experience issues. Yeah, very quickly. Yeah, within hours, I had some quite some serious issues, um, neurological. I mean. Headaches like you've never felt before, like your head's in a vice and it's been crushed. But medical uh, experts don't want to know. And I repeatedly went to them saying, I really don't feel good. I'm, I'm getting worse day by day. I, I could barely walk and I was delirious. Um, but what I didn't realise until that point is, um, until last year when I was on a show, that so many people had the exact same problem I did, but then died from brain hemorrhage because of the increased pressure on your brain from the skull. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yep. Um, yep. But fortunately, um, I pulled through. Um, I don't know how, just pure luck, really, because what happened was I ended up with brain tissue damage, um, which could have got worse. It, hours, days, I don't know. The doctor said I was very lucky. So, yeah, incredible, really. How long ago is that now? Well, it was two years ago, um, February 22nd. Um, time flies, but it, it seems crazy. The amount of time that we've been speaking out to people, trying to better inform others of risk, because that's what we can do. It's up to you right. to make a decision. Um, right. But I've come across so many people who sadly passed away because they trusted the government and the media. These are right. the ones who told us daily that it was safe, but they lied. So we're going to get into your your kind of post uh, injection activism because sure. you're you're doing some interesting things. Thank you. But I but I want to ask you a question about this journey that you've been into for two years, and 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 you have prodded poke questions, um, probably. Uh, morally and righteously and rightfully accused people mm. of doing certain things along the way who were part of the system mm. that enabled this process at any point along the way, did you ever connect with somebody on the quote unquote other side who either admitted to what they did, had any kind of remorse or gave you any kind of an apology? No. There's been there's been no step back. There's been no, I wish I hadn't have done that. Um, I'm apologise for the way I treated you because the the way that injured people get treated by ordinary people, your friends, your family, it's like, but you could have killed somebody. Well, no, I nearly died. Right. They don't see that. They they're guilty of so many. Um, other injuries and deaths because they recommended it to their friends and family. I'm meeting people still daily 
who are also recommending their family get vaccinated. And I know a young girl, I think she's about 12, 13, and she's got myocarditis now, purely because the granny had convinced the mother that they've all got to be treated this way. And of course, they're all suffering with repeated bouts of COVID. Um, right, right, right. So this is a little off topic, sure. um, but it is connected to what I'm going to talk about today. And I do think it's also connected to your situation in, sure. uh, um, it, 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 I do think it's connected to your situation and the situation of Britons in general, mm-hmm. which is this idea of the great replacement and what's happening with migration and unchecked migration. And isn't it interesting that you have a whole wet, whole wave of people in Britain who have taken the shot, are getting sick, mm-hmm. can't perform their jobs, and are facing an early exit from their lives, right? Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, there's a whole group of people that are there and kind of waiting in the wings to, well, step into the breach right what do you what have first of all have you ever thought about that and what are your thoughts on that no definitely so for quite a while i mean it goes back to last year because we've been in dates with thousands and thousands of people off the shores coming in the government doesn't turn away they welcome in with open arms put them up in hotels give them free money um and that's no deterrent it just makes more and more people come but they're all of the same sort of age they're all of a that describe it as a fighting age, which is like 1820s. Um, so where's the families? Where's the females? Right. There aren't any. So recently, there were the French protests that have been going absolutely really crazy. And it's, it's great because it's, people have had enough of Macron over the last two or three years. And a lot of their police that have noticed, they're all in combat gear. They don't speak French. Interesting. You know, I've been talking to them, trying to engage them in conversation, trying to see it from their side, and they don't understand French. They're speaking other languages, right. which is an interesting side to it. You can tell by the way they're walking. I've seen some of the videos recently, and shall I say they're very tall, they're very bouncy on their feet. Um, it's certainly not typical of what you used to see of, of a gendarme, you know. Right, 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 right. That's true. Um, it makes total sense that ultimately the people who would defend the government's decisions would be the people that would most benefit from those decisions mm-hmm. and and how it uh, how it unfolds as a result of that. Have have and I, I you know, every now and then I look at you know, the, the Bobbies in England, and clearly they're not what they were 30 years ago either. And you can, you can look at their like kind of recruitment ads and, you know, and, and the faces that they portray in their recruitment ads. And it's like, okay, well, we're going to bring in a group of people who can uh, marshal the law against another group of people that they don't have any real connection to and and, uh, are more probably interested in, their benefits and their self-interest moving forward. So when you put the two together, right, you have this operation that is activated on a group of people that for all intents and purposes 
is going to make them sick or kill them. And then you add the immigration piece in. It's like, wow. Right. That's the one, two, that's the one, two punch right there. And uh, a lot of people aren't talking about this. They're not talking about how these two things are connected and they're not isolated events. It's not like, Oh, well, we're going to go down the COVID path. And then when that's done, we're going to get into the immigration path and whatever, you know, the next thing. No, That's they're connected. Right. They're related. That's right. It, they, everybody looks at it as a divisionary piece. But what you have to remember is that we're being hit on so many different fronts that you have to take it as a bigger picture. Yeah. They want you distracted. The more, the more you think about the individual um, separatist things that are going on, that's when you've got to worry because we're all stronger together. We, we, we make much more bigger impacts as, as one unit, and they know that. Right. Agreed. Agreed. And when there's an influx of new people, new population who come from different countries, different customs, different religion, it dilutes the potential of acting together, mm. right? Because maybe, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, where there's an assimilation process, maybe there's a chance for that, but that's clearly uh, not what's happening. So in your, in your daily travels, are you finding more people waking up to the the horrors of the vaccine and the things that went on? Is that is that what's happening in your world? It is. Um, the most disheartening side of it is, though, that so many people haven't realized the, the knock-on effects of having these treatments because what it's doing is breaking down your immune system. So if you were then every day fighting off normal germs or even cancers, your body now can't fight that off because it creates a super sort of cancer. And as people um, pre, um, present themselves to hospitals with stage four cancers without any prior warning, um, it's hitting that body, their bodies that hard, that fast. I mean, my, a friend of mine and her family have been decimated by it. Uh, poor father. Um, he's, sat in, he's sadly fighting a really bad, bad battle at the moment and we're hoping he's going to pull through, but it doesn't look good. But people have just been taken by unawares totally. Um, but it's not only that, it's heart attacks as well, you know, because the, the vaccine, right. it hits your, your body's system with so much information. You're getting things like myocarditis and not only blood clots, which vaccines are new for right from the start, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a real shock. So you were on the show once before, it was on a Friday, and our friend Mark came on and did a really cool illustration of you and he, some of your some of your hobbies. He certainly did, didn't he? Yeah. And we found out that you are an electronic musician. And yeah, yeah and you really like, you know, stuff like, you know, Brian Eno and Georgia Moroder and a bunch of stuff from that world. And mm. and and then, you know, like you enjoy socializing and cafe life and interacting with people and, the, and these yeah. are all you know wonderful things part of being a human um and a lot of that in your life has been truncated and or really um you know lessened to a greater degree so my question to you is that when you have to live within a certain bounds of limitations in your life yeah. what be, what becomes important to you now um I'd say the only thing that keeps me going now is trying to stop 
further change because it's coming at, at us at such a breakneck speed. Um, they've tried pushing the vax at us. Um, they're now going after kids yet again. Um, we have to wake up. We, we have to speak out any way we can, any, any sign of dissent, um, because we've let them ride so long in getting away with things. At the moment, we've done about you, but we're, we've got a pandemic treaty rushing through commons, and that basically gives all our pandemic response away to who? They can yeah. control when we lock down and everything else. We've right. had a Bill of Rights going through at the moment. That stops any online dissent, absolutely any sort of online dissent. We had a protest one that's like about free speech. That was passed. So if you now are in a protest anywhere, you can be arrested, of which we risked that uh, Saturday, which several thousand people turned out in London. I'm going to play uh, that video here in a minute. Yeah, yeah, sure. But it, it's it's just a way of making people notice you have to try something if you don't try anything you will find yourself in a very very dark world we have right. to fight back right good for you um are you familiar with the movie uh children of men um vaguely familiar i'm not sure if somebody showed me a, a clip very recently but takes place in london i think the the date of children and men, oddly enough, kind of coincides with COVID. Like it's when they shot the movie, it was in the future. <laughs> and there are two themes with children and men that are, I think, really concurrent here with the current situation. Number one is that there is an unchecked migrant crisis that's going on in England. And it's really, it's really very bad. And so at some point, the people kind of turn against the you know, what's happening. And the other side of it, and this is not just England, but it's planetary, is that humanity can no longer reproduce, mm. right? And, for, yes. you know, here we go, right? Here we go, totally. Yeah, and uh, it, it's one of my favorite movies. It's quite dark, but it's also very, very interesting on a number of different levels. Um, let's, let's check out the video. And this is one of the reasons why you're here, because you sent me a, a, a link to um a video and an event that you were at and um tell me about the event so there are a series of protests um called truth be told run by um a really courageous brave woman called fiona rose diamond and for the last few years i mean these started in 2020 really and she has been doing amazing work in trying to raise people awareness over not just the vaccine injury, because really, originally, it was about the lockdowns. It was all about controlling freedom of speech and all those other problems that we, we are now facing. Um, and so each one is trying to raise more awareness. And of course, this time, what's now becoming so apparent is that our loved ones uh, were being given these lethal protocols in hospital. Um, here we have midazolam protocol, but in America it's remdesivir that you're using. using. And so everything- Yeah, remdesivir, remdesivir is terrible. Mm. Yeah. So all the people had these protocols, um, but were written down as, or recorded as a COVID death, right. which is absolutely shocking. But this is how they then managed to push this whole fear campaign against the people. 
to get vaccine, to get lockdown, but to, to be agreeable to everything that the government then told them. So these are a huge series of protests that have grown and grown. We've had uh, numbers totaling one to two million, actually, at the highest um, right. in protests uh, going all the way around London. But what's happened over time is... Um, People get complacent. People don't realise what's coming at them next. Right. What we're trying to do now is, is highlight the injustice that the vaccine injured and bereaved, because there are thousands of them, let alone just in, in England. I mean, in America, you've probably got hundreds of thousands. Millions. At least. Yeah, probably millions. Yeah, but they say it's very hard to put a figure on it because they wrote everybody down as a COVID death right. rather than what actually contributed to it. Right. So... It's going to take a long time to get to the bottom of that. But at the meantime, we have to fight back. We have to keep raising awareness. And we had a good day. We had a large strike by the transport um, on the trains, um, which was unfortunate. But we still managed to get a few thousand people there, as you can see by the video. It, it was a very good turnout, um, a great atmosphere. It was very emotional for many of us, including myself. Um, but we had a message to tell and we want change. And we have a couple, we have a couple of brave MPs in our uh, parliament, uh, one of which who spoke there on that day again, because he's, he's been supporting us all the way. The live stream was run by the Children's Health Defence Network, which is set, which was set up by Robert Kennedy Jr. Um, so he's fully behind our campaign as well. Interesting. It is. It's, it's, it's such a far-reaching um, campaign for justice for people because he's, for years, been um, behind the campaign to save the children from being hurt in vaccines and drug treatments. Right. He's, been, so, very, he's been very consistent mm, that's with right. that position. Mm. Sure. Um, I noticed that Oracle Films is involved in this. Are they making a documentary out of it or...? Yeah, so we, in front of us, we had a number of independent media. One was the Children's Health Defence, the other one was Oracle Media, and then we had a, a number of others. Uh, one was an Italian one from Europe. Um, they're all basically live streaming it, and they're also editing their clips down in high quality um, digital, which was of that clip was. Um, so they're breaking it down for people to see easily, but also it spreads awareness much quicker. Because nobody mm -hmm. really just wants to sit down and watch three hours of a protest, which was very good. But people can see our pains much quicker, much easier, and get a taste of the, the atmosphere there. Right, right. Um, well, good. It sounds to me like there's kind of a rallying cry here and mm. maybe some resources that are being uh, thrown at whatever people can do. Why don't we watch? Why don't we watch your uh, your testimony here live? Yeah, sure. All right, here we go. I'm real. I'm not misinformation. Many of us are only here today through so many amazing people, such as yourself, saying a few words of support. Whether it's from vaccine injured groups, of which two are represented here today, Fib UK and UK CV family. I'd like to thank a couple of amazing people that gave me a voice, but also encouraged me right from the, my darkest days. Um, a lady called Martha, Karen, Sasha, Natasha, Jules, 
and Stacey. Most of those are also vaccine injured, but they still found time to help me keep going. I got brain tissue damage from my AstraZeneca vaccine, 22nd of February, 2021. I was told it was safe. They lied. I can no longer work or do the things I once loved, like bodybuilding, running, working. My prognosis is seeing MS in my future. But you know, I'm not really here to talk about me. But my mum, my lovely mum, Louise. Mum was from Glasgow. She came from such humble beginnings. But she was determined to make something of her life after being in a home in Smilem with a very large family. She worked hard from the age of 15 up until the age of 68 because she loved helping people. She made taxes all her life. She treated people with respect and dignity and would help anyone she met. The government repaid her hard work and kindness with a midazolam and morphine protocol, NG163, the day after I last spoke to her on WhatsApp. But they didn't tell me. They let me believe that she was going to get better. They invited me in. Little did I know to watch her die. Every day I saw her, she was getting worse. But nobody said, nobody told me until the very last day. Please help us remove these shocking abuses from our families and hospitals. They deserve better. One last thing. Vaccines have hurt so many people, left families bereaved. They are still pushing on children again in June. Why? Please help us remove it. Our children, they're our future. Thank you. So, um, wow, man, that was great. Thank you. Really great. Um, was that the first time you had done anything like that? Um, to that many people, yeah. I mean, I've spoken to um, small groups before, um, but this year I only actually had official confirmation of what happened to my mum. I mean, over time... In 2021, I kind of thought back to certain things that had happened, started to piece together little things, and I started to then read about these Midazolam murders, and I thought, oh, my God, that was horrible. Um, but it took me a year to get my mum's records because they just make it so hard. But when I read them, because there's 480 pages of records, wow. I know, um, it was even worse than I could have even imagined. Some of the things that my mum went through, they, they make your loved one so much worse daily. They withhold food. They withhold nourishment, drink, fluids, basically, so your health will deteriorate. And I don't know if you realise, but here, when you're a patient, you're in the hospital, you're given a sheet, and it basically states your health condition, and you're given points 
Once you reach a certain number of points, you then qualify for end of life care. Um, so even though your, your health relative was fine going into hospital or reasonable, because they've made their health so much worse, right. they can now legally kill them. They're racking up the points, and now all of a sudden they could manage them out as a result mm. of that. Absolutely awful. So, my God, I mean, just as a, an experience, you're dealing with your own physical, uh, at times, probably mental deterioration because of the brain swelling, uh, function, you know, just basic functional stuff. It's difficult. Try, and try to put, you know, try to piece your life kind of back together. And now you deal with this dark revelation about your mother on top of it. Mm. That's a lot. That's a lot, man. Yeah. I've. I've had a lot of amazing people around me. Um, the vaccine injured groups that I've known worldwide um, right from the early days, we've always been there. Social media has played such a huge part in that support. And I'll, I'll say it's certain parts of social media, but Twitter has always had a very strong community of support. It's had censorship problems, which have only improved. The other social media is pretty much they're only they're only paying lip service. They are, it's your friends and family. They won't listen to you, so you try not to better inform them because they just won't listen in the first place. Right. Um, but yeah, it has been hard. I mean, I I underwent a treatment in end of August um, twenty twenty one, and it basically cleared my brain fog um, rapidly. Wow. which helps tremendously. Um, Ivy, can we say that as well? Yeah? I've oh, yeah. oh, yeah. You say whatever you want here. Yeah, it's changed, isn't it? Because at one stage, you just could not say anything. And you had well, to this, really- is, this is on my channel. It's on my website. Sure. Okay. So I have a lot more control over what can be said or not said. So feel free to say whatever you want. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, ivermectin, I mean, they always try to knock it. But because it's an anti-parasitic, and the vaccine works as a parasitic, the way it invades the blood cells and the whole body, basically. What that then does, it goes through your body like a sieve and takes out anything that shouldn't be there. So within hours, I felt such an amazing clarity after having no, well, very little brain action activity uh, for about six months. Now, the only reason I was able to do a lot of uh, podcasts and things in the early days is because I wrote notes everywhere. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't trust my memory. It's still really bad now. But since the injury, I've been able to force a recovery of sorts on, on that by writing articles. Um, I'm on Substack. Under my oh, good, own name. good, um, good. And I try to cover all sorts of things from medical... Um, meetings well whether it's ron johnson fauci you name it i'll try and write something about it it helps me challenges me it forces the neural pathways around the injury as you mentioned earlier i do compose music and i probably compose more now because i find it's something that helps me progress but it's also a way relaxing and i'm probably composing more so my my name is uh, heaven's air if you don't mind yeah, uh, sure. I'm, I'm on all digital media. Um, yeah, it, I find it very productive. Um, it's probably one of the few things I can now 
enjoy in small doses because oh, if good. I That's try good to be news. on a computer too long, um, right. it doesn't do my migraines, uh, other neurological effects any good. But uh, yeah, it's definitely a good thing. I mean, it's, I think it's amazing that, you know, even through something as tragic and debilitating as your experience with the vaccine and your mother, you're still growing and you're evolving and you're, you're transmutating um, these really dark, dark conditions that you unfortunately um, through your trust in the institution consented to, Mm. right. Without a lot of information, right. Just without a lot of information. And, you know, I don't, I have no animus at all towards people who, um, you know, through trust or saying, okay, well, I'm going to make this, I'll do this because it'll be better for other people or I'll get to see my grandkids or, you know, I mean, there are people that watch the show that that have gotten vaccinated and in many cases, there was either a level of trust or there was no other option in their minds. And I have a great deal of empathy for people that went through that um, like yourself, my, my work were turns the corner for me were the people that did that and then kind of weaponize that against other people. And mm-hmm. I, I have, I have zero tolerance for, for that. Right. And because in a lot of ways they, they were the ones that were, <laughs> you know, the, you know, the hypodermic army. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's great. I mean, I know it's not ideal, but you're learning about yourself. You're learning about the body. You're learning about the brain and you're, you're, you're doing things that are, are good for you uh, ultimately. So it's a great, I mean, this, this part of your story, like you're, it's unfinished. Like your, your, your book is unfinished. Oh, definitely. I mean, every day, see the, the country, I mean, us alone are going through so many changes. We've been hit on so many fronts. Right. So what, me personally, I have to put turn a negative into a positive. That's the only way that I can function. Right. I could easily mope and grieve the life I used to have, which is what I did for quite a long time. It hits you in waves. It doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't create anything positive. So you need to step back, think, okay, how can I turn this around? So by a little being a, showing a bit of dissent, whether it's through social media, protests, um, I've been to two other protests, not to speak, just to be there and actually say, look, I've shown up. I'm right. doing what I can. Yeah. And it's an amazing experience just being around so many people, like-minded people that want change. And, but it, it, it proves inspirational for so many others. I've right. seen so many other people hurt even worse than me, see things that I do and others do. And it makes such a difference to them. So this is what, it seems not, like you say, it's not just about those who've been injured. It's about those who are showing anger, anger at how, what the country has done to so many other people. Right. Um, they're angry at that purely alone. So that then drives them to help and do everything that they can to make yeah. a difference. Wow. Well, um, I got to say your, your uh, spirit is um really courageous and um you know inspiring that's the word i'll use inspiring yeah and 
It's good to have you back on the show and touch base with you. And it's been uh, a long while, isn't it, man? I think it's been about maybe a year and a half, two years, I think, almost. Yeah, well, I mean, censorship. I mean, I was I was off Twitter for about a year. I mean, that right. was wild. Um, and through, I mean, I got back in January through another account because I, I was fed up of trying to spread the scent, I suppose, in a word, on other social platforms from Truth Social to Getter and not being able to reach the same sort of level because they all work very differently. Twitter, it seems to be very, very open um, the way it's designed. Now, now, now it's more open Well, for now. Yeah, I mean, that's being said. I mean, you still had your trolls even back then and you had mm. your people that out to cause trouble because they were, they were organized by the government, government departments that were, it was controlled right. to right. stop that dissent. Right. But it was still very an open way of talking to people and engaging them in conversation. But now, yeah, we've got a freer Twitter, but like you say, for how long? Right. So I always wanted to ask you this question. Sure. There, there is a, there's an account on Twitter I'm not sure if it's there anymore, but it was a really funny account called Wayne, the COVID enforcer. Yeah. He's still there. He's still there. Okay. Still there. So, so not that's, that's, not, that's not you. That account is hilarious by the way. And uh, making fun of everything. Sometimes you just have to make fun of it. You know, the first time I actually encountered that guy, um, I saw him post. He, it was not long after the lockdowns being quite heavy and funny. And he was on the London underground wearing a yellow vest and he was trying to tell people, this is for the unvaccinated, no, the, the vaccinated. Everybody who's unvaccinated, please get off. It was a joke. Right. It was a joke. But of course, I took it seriously. I thought, what the hell? You know, we've got this happening really in, in our country. But it, it was a joke. Um, that was the first time I experienced it. But, so um, he actually had like a like a physical yeah. presence as Wayne, the COVID uh, yeah. enforcer? That's how I he started off. I yeah. didn't know. I, I thought it was just like a, a Twitter account. But he actually was like engaged with people in that persona. Only joking, but it was that right. whole thing. Like, um, yeah, yeah, because he had COVID Marshall on the back of his vest. Um, oh, that's so funny. Did people well, believe? Like, did they get off? Yeah, they caught a lot of people out because um, that was the whole idea: is trying to make everybody realize how ridiculous the government were in trying to drive these policies. That's genius. That's pure mm. genius. I should have him on the show sometime. That would be great to talk um, about. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just try reaching out. I'm sure you, you never know. Yeah. I could, I could DM him. He'd be a good guest. Uh, okay, Wayne. Any anything you want to share with people while while we have the space to do it in together here? Um, at the moment, there's a lot of buzz from the campaign, the latest campaign um, protest. Anybody that can share spread the word because that's what it is basically is each country that holds these dissent um campaigns protests whatever you want to call them it helps build momentum as with you've had the canadian freedom protesters everybody acting together can make a huge difference so any sign any action that you can take to support that even in your local areas it helps everybody else right Right. Well, uh, once the who moves in and starts to standardize and universalize, yep. um, you know, the care, so-called care. <laughs> it's all about the health. 
right and protocols that's going to be well oh, i'm sorry we can't do anything about that you know mm-hmm. that's you know we're following the who on this and 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 it's like so far removed from your everyday life um sure. and there and there's more to it than that like people think that well the who just wants to be involved with you know administrating uh, you know protocols around you know infectious diseases and outbreaks oh no that's not true they want it's all about control whatever they can get away with they will keep pushing on everything well guess what exactly you're eating too much meat or you know your carbon footprint is too big you whatever whatever it is it's like but trust us it's for your own good of course because because we're the who and we know we know what we know what's best I mean, you look at that, if it makes sense, you know, like your carbon footprint is too big by getting on a plane or something, traveling to offer a holiday. But millionaires can drop into Davos in their <laughs> thousands in their private jets just to talk about the climate. That's not a problem. How ridiculous no, is that? Because, because what they do, and this is what they do, is they buy carbon offsets, right? That's like you can, if here in this country, like I fly Southwest airlines because they're generally the most affordable and they fly to the places that I go to and they're, they're, they're a pretty good operation. But if you go online or you go into your app with Southwest airlines, you can buy carbon offsets like from Southwest airlines and people like Bill Gates and Al Gore and all these uh, John Kerry, all these globalists, they have carbon offsets, but they don't buy that. What Bill Gates has done is he's essentially purchased huge amounts of land in this country. And if he doesn't do anything to it, and I'm not just talking farmland, if he doesn't do anything to it, it just lets it kind of, you know, tree up or whatever, you know, that goes into his carbon offsets. So, so, and he even says it, well, I buy a carbon offset, so it allows me to travel. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so because of your, landowner, isn't it? Yeah. Because of your, your wealth and, you know, your, your, uh, ability to, uh, rob resources. It, mm. it doesn't really matter. It's, 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 it's just a, it's just a, it's just an occult trick on his part. So, well, listen, Wayne, it's been great catching up with you. And, yeah, you too, mate. Thank you for, and, for inviting me on. Yeah, absolutely. When I saw that uh, the video, I'm like, we got to have him back on and just talk That's about. Right. And I'm glad we did. Mm. And keep doing what you're doing and stay strong. And, um, and and by the way, you can follow Wayne on Twitter if you want to. That's one way of supporting you. And, and I and, and I just I just hit follow on the organization that ran that uh, that ran that. Truth rally. be told, yeah, right, it's- and you. Yeah, you can do things like that. And those things matter, especially on Twitter. When, when there's more followers, there's more retweets, the algorithm goes up. That's so right. and theoretically, we, we like to think that at the very well, least. Well, the more the people that act on that, it changes the algorithms all the time. So whatever yeah. ways they try to combat against you, you can defeat it in by the weight of numbers, which is the way of any act of dissent. You act in the weight of numbers. It's true. We're stronger together. So, yeah. 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 Thank you, mate. All right. Hey, Wayne, you take good care and we'll have you on again somewhere down the line. And if yeah, anything, no anything significant comes up or, you know, we're, we're always here for you to, 
share your story and, and your and your updates along the way. So you take good care, my friend. Yeah, thank you, man. Take care. Okay. All right, that was um, Wayne Cunnington. And man, what a story. Let me take the headphones off. What a story. And I, you know, I found Wayne on Twitter. Um, and it was kind of in the initial stages of him coming to terms with his physical condition. And then doing something about it, he's you know he started this this path uh, towards having a new purpose in his life. So I think this is the third time that I've had him on the show, and um, you know it's really real, real. It's a really sad story, but it's also a good one. And you know we look for things to affirm our spirit, and whatever you think, well you know protesting doesn't make a difference or you're, you're really throwing, uh, you know, pebbles at the machine, right? Don't discount the effort of one person because you never know where it's going to go or how it's going to end up. And especially in this world where things are viral, you know, the whole idea of, or that not the idea, but even the reality of social media is significant. I mean, what if somebody sees Wayne's speech, which I did in video, and the next thing you know, something else happens and something else happens. And and there's 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 this um chain reaction of one person's actions. And if you're consistent, right? You're consistent and you do it and you show up every day. There's a better than average chance that somebody's going to notice. And in his case, I think it's a good noticing. So big thumbs up to Wayne and uh, looking forward to having him back on again. And this leads into the next part of the show that I wanted to talk about, which has to do with this idea of forced migration. And I use the metaphor today on Twitter let me see if I can find my tweet. I don't, I don't often like reference my own tweets, but it came to, um, it came to, where is it? Where's my tweets? It came to, to my attention. And, you know, this is something that people don't want to talk about. And this is a, this is my metaphor for forced migration and unchecked migration. Unchecked mi massive migration is like a shot of mRNA to the body of society. And apparently the boosters are endless. And I believe that to be true. It's when the body is overwhelmed, just like the body is overwhelmed with the uh, mRNA. This is what happens. People go into shock. They go into a healing crisis. I mean, that's theoretically how vaccines are supposed to work anyway. But this one is different. And we know it's different because it doesn't operate like 
a vaccine. It operates like a technology. So think of the healing crisis that occurs when you try to integrate a technology in not sort of the, the desiccated parts of the thing that's supposed to make you sick. And allopathy is, is really uh, just a, a, a synthesized and denatured version of naturopathy. It's what it is based on the same principles, but it's, it's, it's the synthesis of the things that go along with this idea with like, with, you know, naturopathy, you, you, you get like a naturopathy cure and in that cure is the thing that is supposedly the thing that you're trying to cure. Right. And it's introduced into the body. So your body can go, Oh, what's this? Yeah. Okay. Let me integrate this. Let me, let me integrate the, the antigen, which is really the thing itself. Right. And that's what natu naturopathy is about. Allopathy is based on the same principles, but it's different. Like things are stripped away. Nature is stripped away. And then other things are added to the, the concoction, the witch's brew. And when you look at this whole idea of the body being invaded by something, like a swarm of something, I don't think there's much difference between the two. It's interesting. I talked about uh, some of the, the migration stuff today on on uh, fifteen uh, the astro weather, and I went through some of the comments and in, in chat, uh, which I mean I do at times because I like to see what people are talking about, and some of the comments were interesting. <clears throat> I noticed there were a lot of feelings for the migrants. A lot of feelings and oh they've traveled years and so many and you know such a distance to to get here and i don't want to diss people because you know we're, we're trying to find common ground but wake the fuck up please wake the fuck up it has nothing to do with their struggle and their, their uh, sacrifice, years to get here. No, it doesn't. It has nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. It has to do with a massively socially engineered moment with an agenda. And I touched on that with, with Wayne. I touched on that agenda. Let's look at the, let's look at the events. Now, again, I talked about this on Astro Weather. I started talking about all of this in 2013, 2014, when I was at Gaia and Neptune went into Pisces. And the image that I really focused in on was that pontoon called Aquarius, which was filled with, with migrants. I'm like, this is what's coming, right? Neptune, Aquarius, water, the movement of people across bodies of water. And Neptune and Pisces is like, oh my God, we got to help. 
you know, that's the downside of Neptune. It's the downside of Pisces. You know, we we got to feed everybody. Every, you know, everybody's a victim. We, we have to clothe and shelter and house. You know, this is all very Piscean, right? But there's a real downside to that. You know, when you when you're in Pisces, you know, you have the octaves of Pisces. And when you're down in the lower octave of Pisces, your your feelings, the feelings are really being, you know, strung like you know, the wind crossing the strings of an Aeolian harp, right? They're just, you're just being played. The higher, I would say the higher value of Neptune and Pisces, if there is a higher value that relates to this situation, I, I got into it before. I was on Olga Perez's show on Monday and I said, look, you want to stop migration? Make their lives better where they live. Yeah. It's like, make their situations better. It's like America, who cares about America? I like where I live. I'm making a living wage. I've got a family, whatever, whatever, whatever those uh, touch points of meaning are. And the reason why they're leaving is because their lives suck and they have cell phones and they see all of this opulence and all of this wealth and all the things that they can't get. And I don't blame them in some ways. I mean, if you don't have a really fundamental spiritual religious view of your life and you're 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 born into uh you know perpetual states of poverty and hunger that shit looks good i want some of that right i want some of that it's not here i want some of that well if a version of that was there but even so like it's it's a perverted it's a perverted image in a lot of ways even Americans have um, succumbed to consuming the perverted image of that form of materialism. It has very little to do with spirituality. And when you get to, I think, really higher, higher realms of spirituality, like you have to take responsibility for actions and consequences. They're important. And, I, and even with Neptune and Pisces, there's tough love, right? It's like, you know what? We're, I'm not going to enable you. And we've, we're in a society that all we do is fucking enable. You know, we, we've become, you know, these, an army of enablers. It's amazing. So at the higher octaves of Neptune and Pisces, like being God is a tough job. And at the higher octave of Neptune and Pisces, if you're really looking at this from the God space, God understands that, you know what? Sometimes shit is hard. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to find out who you are. Just like Wayne, like look at Wayne. You know, this, he's, he's evolving through tragedy with his mother, um, physical uh, limitations because of, what he consented to, right? He's not looking for anybody to enable him. And that when you get to that point, right, you realize that that it's not all about feelings and it's not all about, you know, compassion at a certain level, right? Sometimes the hardest thing could, can be doing something that 
doesn't enable somebody. It's the most compassionate thing you can do. People don't understand that. And I've said this for a long time, that our altruism has been weaponized. It's totally been weaponized. And if, and if you're not that person, if you're not the entity who demonstrates a liberal attitude towards whatever situation we're in, whatever it is, right? I think there's a concurrent guilt that arises as a result of that. Oh, shit. I wish I could do more. I should have done more. And we have this backlog of guilt as a society that we're, we're dealing with. You know, it's really funny. I, I, uh, I, it's just a random, here's a random. Okay. This is a random. I, I watch these. I've been watching these uh, interviews. Um, it's like uh, the American Institute for the foundation of television. And so there's this treasure trove of all these interviews with mostly TV actors, some film actors. And some of them are, some of them are meh. You know, like, who was I listening to? I was listening to uh, Jamie Farr from MASH. He was talking about the cast of MASH. And he had nothing bad to say about the cast of MASH. Alan Alda was great. He was the linchpin, you know, you know, we, we laughed and cracked up every day at work and when I went home at night, I couldn't wait to go back the next day. It was probably true. Then you get some, some of these other people like the JJ Walker interviews were in So it's one long interview that they chop up. The JJ Walker interview is, is really, really insightful about he's very insightful about a lot a lot of things including what was going on uh, with uh with his role on good times and he made a really interesting point he said there will never be another good times and there will be never be another jj walker he said this when he was on the arsenio hall show and arsenio hall said why he said well because it's too we live in a world of political correctness like there will never, they will never allow another uh, black family to look like the Jeffersons. From here on out, they're all Cosby Plus, right? And in the and nobody can kind of act out and be the fool. And he said, and I'm, you know, I think we should embrace these things because it cuts off. You, that's not art, right? It's not art. It's ideology. And I think hanging out with Ann Coulter has something to do with Jimmy Walker's uh, political awakening. And in, 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 uh, he hangs out with her. It's an interesting couple. What, whatever's going on with Ann Coulter, right? Um, but one of the interviews, and I promise I'll get back to the, to the uh, migration thing. But one of the interviews, I thought I found this to be really funny, was Robert Clary who was from um, Hogan's Heroes. He played LeBeau, the little Frenchman. And again, he kind of raved about the cast and 
how everybody in the cast was a liberal except for Bob Crane, who played Hogan, uh, conservative. And his best friends in, in the show were Colonel Clink and Sergeant Schultz. And then he goes on to reveal that all the German characters, like Hofstetter, right? Those, all those guys who played those German officers were all Jewish. <laughs> like, wow, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Like they couldn't even get German actors or in the, and then if you're, who knows, maybe they thought, well, I'll make fun of this character. And it's my way of sort of inserting myself into um, some sort of a solution to what happened. But it's just really, it's like, how ironic is that? It's just really ironic. And you could tell that the person who was asking the questions was troubled by this. The guys who played those characters, I guarantee you they weren't troubled at all. They were making a paycheck. All right, so back to the migration thing. Um, one of the things I talked about yesterday was how this will be an organizing principle. And I wanted to show you uh, a story, if I can find it, if I can find it. Oh, it's from my images. Okay, it's not it. Give me one sec, I promise. Yeah, here's the story right here. I mean, we're going to dive into Fox News territory. But again, you know, this is what I'm talking about here. This is two minutes and 41 seconds long. And apparently, people in Chicago are not happy about their new neighbors. So um, let's play this. Our specific frustration lies in the continuous and blatant disregard for the safety and overall quality of life of black residents as many of these migrants have been dumped in our neighborhoods without a plan in place to monitor and house them long-term. We have intentionally, they have intentionally created barriers to impede participation in a decision-making process around the public school buildings we pay taxes to maintain and that they unjustly close and ignoring the community's plea to keep them open. Communication regarding meetings that have been held have been lackluster. We found out about the first meeting in South Shore via the mayor's Facebook page and by word of mouth through text messages and just people because our community is this. We talk to each other, we are informed and we are, we talk to each other, bottom line. <laughs> this engagement tactic is very poor and it ultimately leaves working class and our elder constituents, because this area has a lot of elder constituents who are not on social media. That's not fair to them, but that was intentional, we believe. Additionally, they made capacity limits for the meeting. By the second day we found out about the meeting, it was stated that the meeting was full. So people were complaining that they didn't have access to a meeting. What kind of Jim Crow stuff is this? All black holders, all black stakeholders that have concerns should have been afforded the adequate space and notice 
and decision with, which ultimately impacts the value of our land, safety, and peace. We have been redlined, Jim Crow, pushed out enough. There are many studies that have shown the adverse impact of immigration to black communities in terms of jobs, earnings, education, health care, and political positioning. Many of us have not only read those studies, we continue to live the outcomes and know them to be truthful. Why would any leader put our black communities already riddled with crime at further risk by placing unvetted non-taxpayers steps away from our, our seniors, our children, and our homes we've worked so hard on our own to secure? Wow, wow, wow. Wow. So one of the mantras I've had with Pluto and Aquarius, if you follow the show and follow what I, what I talk about, is this idea of strange bedfellows. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. The people are going to find themselves like, what, 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 what? yeah, wow, yeah, who knew, right? Like now all of a sudden, you're getting the red pill. Now, all of a sudden, as the issue presents itself in very dramatic terms, and what they were talking about with schools, they were, they were yeah, we're going to close your school, and we're gonna we're gonna move these people into the school. They're like, what? And it's more than just one school, right? So that means that all those kids will get pushed into other schools and now you got bigger classrooms more load on the classroom you know that whole situation is kind of a clusterfuck anyway just in terms of um you know how how the whole school thing works and programming of the school and so i get education it's not gonna make it any better i can guarantee you that but this is what's happening and it's happening in other urban areas, New York, it's happening. They're, they're pushing people out. Uh, I think there was a veteran center in New York where they just pulled veterans out that were living there. This is true. And they, they ran, you know, the, the next wave in because they're getting paid more. Like they get X amount of dollars from the government per day to house the veterans. Like these are veterans that are, challenged right like the injured wounded ptsd whatever right like they have some um resources but they're they're being pushed out now because they're actually getting more to house the migrants in fact it's so bad that eric adams who is the the mayor of new york i still marvel at how that little rat he is a rat he was born in 1960 how that little rat um climbed to the top of the big apple um he wants to decertify new york as a sanctuary city that's that's truth he wants to decertify new york we don't want to be a sanctuary city thank you right it's a bit much 
so this is hitting now. This is hitting people now. And I talked about how this is going to be the organizing principle. That's exactly what it's going to be. The organizing principle. And if it gets, what's fascinating too, as you go back and you look at the demographic from Chicago, I was talking about this. They're not white nationalists. They're not white supremacists. They're, they're not NIMBYs from middle America. These are people in the inner city of Chicago, a lot of whom are just fucking fighting to stay alive, right? To keep their elders safe amongst all this gang crime. Yeah. Well, there's new kids on the block. And welcome to the melting pot. The melting pot just got a little hotter. And will continue to get hotter. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Keep your eye on the view that uh, treacle of entertainment Supposed to entertain. Keep your eye on them and see how they massage and manage the message around migration. Keep your eye on Whoopi Goldberg. She may have a suspension waiting for her again by saying the wrong thing for a brief period of time. That's going to be, and you'll see this. You'll start to see um factions on the so-called left begin to splinter off the more quote unquote conservative or or um people who identify with like the situation in Chicago you'll begin to see them kind of splinter off a little bit like whoa really you feel this way now so behind me um today's blue screen backdrop is a window from Ellis Island. Pretty nice window, actually, if you look at it, right? Pretty cool. It's a portal. It's a portal. That's what it is. Ellis Island was a portal. And um, now the border's a portal. It's it's like it's like uh, people from another planet stepping through a stargate and winding up on the streets of Chicago. What a world we live in! And it's not going to get um, easier. But I'll say this: the process of awakening and the um, high strange is really interesting. It's very it's just, just to sit back and watch. Something like that happened. And who, you know, who knows what they'll do? Maybe they'll go in and say, hey, look, 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 we're going to give you all this money. Just shut the fuck up. Okay, we're going to give you this money. We, we can't have you talking like this. It'll be interesting to see how people in those neighborhoods respond and deal with, oh, come on, we got some reparations. Hey, just wait, you're going to get some reparations here. You think they'll keep quiet for a while? Maybe. Maybe. 
you know, usually what happens is when, you know, new groups of people show up. I, I talked about this before, you know, they organize, they form gangs because they want to accelerate their progress. They don't want to, you know, wait around and wait for two generations. This is always what happens. And there's a huge gang influence in Chicago already. It's a different kind of gang. So that's going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, will they be in conflict with one another or will they join forces? And then how does that splinter off? Interesting times. Very interesting times. All right. I think I'm good. I think I'm done. I don't have much more to say. Um, what is today? Today is Wednesday, right? We'll be back tomorrow here. I might do, uh, I, I want, I really wanted to do this thing on, on uh, the USPS and what they're doing to rural route carriers because somebody on Twitter sent me a bunch of information and I do want to cover that. I was actually going to do that today. But then the migration piece and then the Wayne piece came up. So I just wanted to cover that and try to expand on some of these ideas and the connections, the connections with weakening and um, even exterminating a population. And then having the replacements waiting in the wings. Interesting timing. All right. I may do a movie, a movie thing tomorrow. I'll do a movie thing tomorrow. I'll do a movie thing and I'll do, I'll do uh, some of the info around what they're doing with rural route carriers, unless something else comes up and it's like, wow, we got to talk about this. So I think that's what we'll put in uh, for tomorrow, for tomorrow's menu. And then Friday over on uh, the uh, forecast, we'll have Dr. Longo from the Holy Land, the Garden of Eden. And uh, it'll be great to catch up with him and see what he's up to and find out more about the mysterious Dr. Longo. So that'll be Friday over on the, the forecast. All right. Everybody take good care. Use your head in order to discern what's real, your heart two-step what's possible. I'm Robert Phoenix. Take care. And of course, bye for now.